Now the shotgun start in golf is full of mathematics. Um, there's a lot of a lot of setup work that we have to do in order to make a tournament work. So I'm going to demonstrate to you just exactly how we do a shotgun start here. And here we go. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your Greetings and welcome to a Monday edition of the Shotgun Start. It is July 24th. Andy, how we doing? Brendan, I'm doing great. You know, I have to say, I'm all in on covering open championships on the West Coast. Oh, okay. So this is our this is our daily update on your sort of coverage uh, schedule. Or- I'm all in on it. You know why? Okay. Because you get to live life. You get to live life yep. in between. In between days, like, I I mean, these are the things that I've done with my, I mean, we've been done every day about two o'clock. Granted, I've been starting at like two o'clock in the morning. These are the <laughs> things I've done. I've gone to the beach. I've gone to a concert. I've gone to, I went to swim in a river yesterday in the afternoon. And then today I, I had a birthday party I had to go to three-year-old birthday was it party. a kid's birthday yeah. all right yeah a kid's birthday party all right <laughs> which i i uh, left yeah, early got... i had to leave early to come back to podcast well i needed yeah, to recollect yeah. my thoughts too it took me a little out of the open open mold but the it uh is... it's a pain getting up but i'll tell you what having the day having like the entire day i maybe i'll start working at 2 a.m I mean, it works on the East Coast too. We got it's kind of nice. I mean, we write for the newsletter, we do the podcast. Sunday, we kind of slow down and think about what you know, cons- you know, collect our thoughts, as you said. We got invited to our friend's house for dinner last night, and they didn't invite me. They just invited like my wife. Do you want to come over? And so, like, I had to double check to make sure I was invited. And it was just they're like, oh, we just assumed you're like, you know, you're working all day and night, and it was it was awesome it was great it's so fun you can go live your life you can go like act like a normal weekend it's not you know it's still the 12 hour days or whatever but you get a little slice of life afterwards especially from home so yeah it's been a good week um i would not say it was the most compelling week on the golf course the the greatest major championship uh i can i can say that and also really appreciate brian Harmon. Uh, both as a player and then, you know, for his, you know, I found him kind of interesting and compelling as a person, the way he talks. He seems pretty sharp, if not simple, but sharp. And I really enjoyed listening to him talk, how he got into golf and then what he was feeling this week. So I found him pretty honestly compelling afterwards, um, but I didn't think it was a very good major championship. I think also it's um, if you're really into golf, golf shots, watching golf like what's important is having different styles and i really really respect and appreciate what brian Harmon did this week um and i also just love the aspect of the open the thing i think i i i go back to is this is this is the most um the major that can be won by the most types of players. 
and we saw an absolutely dominant performance from a player who I don't think he could dominate a PGA tour venue like that. Any of them really almost all of them. And maybe there's one or two, but here he could dominate because the, the course asked certain types of questions. And, and I think like, you know, you can't bypass hazards here because there's hazards everywhere. Right. And there's, you know, the, the randomness of, of Lynx golf to a certain extent really helps it with, you know, the, the different, like you couldn't just overpower this golf course. And it was, uh, and, and that's the case with a lot of these Lynx courses. And we've seen shorter hitters, you know, he's not short, right? But he's shorter on the, on the distance scale. And we saw a guy that like did it by hitting fairways making putts, getting up and down a lot, like doing the little things and, and really taking on the course in a smart way, avoiding the trouble. And I think that like from a, from a sense of, I know this wasn't the most exciting golf tournament because it wasn't close. Like you were kind of just sitting there waiting to see if he gave it away and he didn't. But like from the just the idea of a guy like Brian Harmon dominating, I think that's pretty awesome. It's a it's you know, it just is not totally. something that is afforded of almost any venue in golf these days. He you know, he did it he did it kind of in a tiger like way. I mean, he won it really on Friday morning when he you know, when he made those four straight birdies coming out of the gate that like ensured the 65, I think it was 65 that backed up the strong. And then, you know, he shoots 69, 71 on the bat on the weekend when, you know, today was shitty. I mean, it was bad out there. And he said, you know, I'm usually not good in rain. I, you know, I don't really like playing in the rain. And I think people were just waiting for him to start coming back. It was like this tiger thing. Like, I just don't need to make mistakes. And then like, I think I think he's really compelling from a standpoint of he's this shorter individual who seems to take it personal when people, you know, discredit him or ignore him. And he talked about his this heckle in the press conference. Somebody at their second bogey yesterday or one of the bogeys. So you don't have the stones to do this. And he's like, that snapped me right back into it. He said, if they wanted to, if they didn't want me to play well, they should have just been nice to me. Like, I kind of find that kind of com- character pretty compelling. This guy who's like burning on the inside, roasting hot <laughs> and wants to kill people. Um, you know, I find that kind of interesting, even if he's outwardly pretty, pretty stoic and, and maybe not, you know, saying these bombastic quotes. And then to kind of go and do it when it did look a little shaky with whatever it was yesterday, but birdies at six and uh, birdies at nine, obviously was the big one today. You know, he birdied six and seven after with two early bogeys. And then he birdies the hardest hole in the course or what's been often the hardest hole in the course 14. And it's like game set match. There's like no chance. And so I know that made the, like the last 90 minutes, even more drama free. But I, I did find that really, really compelling and admirable. In the mo- like when those two putts went in, you're like, I wasn't upset. I'm talking about 14 and 15. I wasn't like upset about it. I wasn't pissed. I wasn't down. I was impressed. I, my reaction was like, shit, 
holy shit. Like I was impressed. I, and I don't really get the notion of people like aggressively rooting for failure and being bummed by that. Yeah, and, and like, what are what are we rooting for? What were you you rooting for? Like, I I might be the biggest Sepstraka fan there is. You know, were you were you rooting for <laughs> the, the for the septic tank? Were you like, are you that passionate about Tom Kim getting a major or Jason Day? <laughs> like, like you know, I get. I think people you invest so much time in golf to watch it. I think that's the the payoff, but like. I mean, right. This is a do- this was a dominant performance. Look at some of the guys on that leaderboard that like at a t- at a moment, you know, before kind of they fluttered out, it was like Rom, Cam Young, Rory and Fleetwood right behind him. That was like the names yeah. and he is just boat racing them. You know, like that is it's dom- it was a dominant performance and I will say this as somebody in the same high school class as Brian Harmon was never nearly in the class of Brian Harmon as, as a player, but everybody, anybody that played junior golf in, in that was about my age in 2003, there was like, there would have been like no question in, in junior golfers minds that Brian Harmon would be a major champion in his life. Cause he was so good. It was, you know, he was the youngest Walker cup selection ever when he got picked this guy was ex- played in two walker cups non consecutively right yeah <laughs> like he did he kind of but it's this beautiful it's kind of like a very beautiful career arc when you think about it um and it's one that like mirrors life in a way is like at age 17 you almost believe you can do anything right um yep. He gets to college. He does, you know, he gets hung up and he played on the e-golf tour for two years. I mean, this guy, Brian Harmon was like God of junior golf. I cannot reiterate this enough. He goes and he plays on the e-golf tour. He gets on tour and he's just like a, you know, he was a very good tour player, but now here he is at age 36. 37 winning a major and it's i i imagine i mean he missed his first six cuts at the open i imagine uh, five yeah. four or five or something yeah four five or six. i imagine there was a point in time where he thought like maybe i won't ever win a major you know and that's what happens in life too is you you have these big dreams but for him to get it done i, I you know, this wasn't an this was a normal type career twenty years ago. Yeah. And to that to some of that point, I think him winning this is not a, a shock. It's not a stunner. This is a real pro. I, I put him in like the Keegan Bradley. I know he hasn't won as much. He's won twice. Well and he talked about how that's kind of pissed him off. But like this is a pro's pro. He's a PGA Tour player. He's constantly in the FedEx Cup playoffs. He's made it to, I think he's made it to East Lake. Uh, yeah, a, a bunch of times. times. I think uh, three or four maybe. times. Um, and so he's like, he's a real pro. It's not Dan Bradbury. <laughs> not to bring up Ray Bradbury's kid, but like somebody like that. This is a, someone who this is, is This is not Ben Curtis. Winning a major. Right. It's not. He, he gained, what, 11 and a half strokes gained putting, 18 
a total. So this is totally conceivable. He hit it in three pot bunkers all week, um, I think. Something like that. Three. Two on Friday, one uh, 18. He popped one in. Right after the Friday tweet went out. <laughs> Tweeted, yeah. Which is a good stat. I mean, everybody talks about the Tiger thing. But going back he came to into the He came into the tournament 26 in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's not this... That he kicked everyone's ass by five shots for the last 48 hours is maybe a little bit of a surprise, but that he won is not. Here's here's um, his end-of-year rank since 2014, so almost the last 10 years. 86, 101, 141, 27, 54, 123, 91, 61, 24. So, like, is this guy great? No, but he's a top 50 player, and now he's going to be the 10th ranked player in the world, his highest point ever. And listen, like like we talked about um, this week, he's a plus player in every skill category on the PGA Tour. Extraordinarily well-rounded player, which you obviously have to be if you're not the longest player, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can't have deficiencies and be, you know even contending in any majors if you're a shorter hitter, really, you know, and, and he's contended in multiple majors before this held a 54 hole lead at Aaron Hills. Right. And he's a very good player in every aspect of the game. Um, the, the junior golf quote, the junior golf thread through this, uh, there's a, there's a good, uh, article from Shane Ryan who got to know Harmon quite well when he was writing his 2014 book. Uh, I think they posted to golf digest about how he didn't really get into golf till he's 12. Like he was a baseball, baseball player. player. It's kind of a funny, Just like him and Brooksy. I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I was pretty good, you know, for a local player. I didn't know I'd be lefty golf. I didn't know what to swing. I just, I swung lefty on baseball. So I figured I'd start that at golf 12 years old. And you talk about how him being a junior golf legend. That's a pretty quick ascendance. I just find him his story to be really not, you know, he's not relatable in talent, but it's a pretty normal way to get into golf. He didn't have sounds like psycho parents that pushed him into golf. It doesn't sound like his parents played golf, really. Well, they lived on a golf course and he watched Steve Jones win the Phoenix Open. And like just one day when he was sick from school, it's like, ah, oh, I love this. I want to do this. And then, you know, here, fast forward twenty some years later, uh, or thirty years later, whatever it is, he's talking about how like doing. I have a great job. I have a great life. The great quote was, you know, you could be so fortunate where you can do something where you lose track of time. You don't. You you love it so much, you lose track of time, and that's whatever it is. It's fishing. It's running. It, and for him, it's like being on the range. Um, but he's, or he's hunting. kind of this tension or hunting. <laughs> or on his tractor he's the new we we needed a new tractor boy with louie you know kind of bombing out since his stinger camp captaincy um he's he's replaced he, his first part of his press conference was all about his tractor that he bought his uh god the european press was like a dog to a bone with this hunting fascination i mean the catnip for that like they wouldn't stop at what it's like the Martian. He's a Martian or something, alien. Just uh, they couldn't stop asking him about this hunting fetish. Or they seem so habit. shocked that he was a bow and arrow guy. Right? You'd think they'd be familiar with Robin Hood and everything over there, but I don't. I don't understand uh, why they were so into that aspect of heart and maybe looking for things to write about. But anyways, I found it to be a pretty interesting, compelling quote. I, I know the golf 
wasn't super great. Um, can I make a radical, ask a radical question? Not sure. Within the lines of are the Beatles overrated? Um, well, I, God, the live bots are going to be, I think I'm totally in the tank. We, I think we're pretty critical of PGA Tour and PGA Tour golf. Have PGA Tour kind of been more exciting than the majors this year? I feel like a lot of the best events Let me just have pull somehow up the calendar real quick. come I, together on the PGA Tour. And look, the thing I was thinking about recently, it was after the Scottish. I was kind of in my head at one point thinking about like the worst events of the year. And I was like, yeah. I thought about like how great the Honda Classic was, which is crazy. I cannot, Chris Kirk, I cannot yeah. believe these words are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> but it's like, all right, let's just. It's let's, been a good. Let's let me it, look. Let, this was the year where we're talking. The talking points like the majors are what matters most. All of a sudden, and I feel like, oddly, crazily, the PGA Tour has maybe been more excited than the majors. But go ahead. I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't think I can get all the way there. <laughs> I'm asking questions. I'm just asking questions. I, I'm thinking. I'm kind of re- reading through, and I'm trying to like remember <laughs> what happened, and I like can't. And this is the fun of the year in review when we dig into everything that did yeah. happen. But like, I'm trying to remember what was fun about like the uh, the tournament of champions. Rom more college. Yeah, oh yeah, good point. All, like that got pretty interesting. Rom going bonkers. I just feel like every Sunday on the tour has been pretty exciting. Not everyone. Yeah, most. the ki- the it's, great it's, kitty cat win at the API. Eh, that, the Bay Hill is usually pretty fun. I don't know that it was great. This Corey year. Connors didn't do it for me in Texas. Yeah, that's not a. They're not batting a thousand. I just feel like there's been a million. A, a lot of the designated events have been good. Wells Fargo kind of stunk, I thought. But, um, anyways, just a thought. Just a thought I had. You're just is trying to, trying to chum the waters more, here more than ever. No, no, just a question. I, so, I, I think, I think like the other, like shitty thing about this about the manner in which he did this is like. Everybody watched through the lens of Sunday. Like, I can't. I Brian Harmon's going to choke this away. And I, I don't. I like. I don't feel bad for this guy. I just think it's kind of shitty. Is like, this guy has worked his ass off for his entire career for this moment, you know, and to call it like boring because he just whooped people's asses. Like, sure, it wasn't entertaining because it wasn't riveting drama. But what it was was an all-time performance. Yeah, it really was. And it doesn't really. matter that, like, that's the beautiful thing about golf is that for for a week, that's what we love. Like when we get the out of left field winner in a PGA Tour event, it's like this is the great thing about golf, right? <laughs> but then yeah. when it's a major, it's not that. Like, right, right, right. Um, yeah, it was an all-world performance and all-world performance gear. For Mr. Harmon. Congrats hey, to zero restriction. You know, be dratty. You know, uh, go ahead. We we got a little scoop here. What's I that? know certain websites that love to do the what's in the winner's bag content. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty shitty. Like every website. It was pretty shitty out. 
What was on the winner that was keeping him waterproof, keeping the rain off him, allowing him to be so surgical around this golf course? You know what it was? The Z425, the jacket. Oh, you've got it. You've got the actual the piece. Actual you do piece. have scoop. The <laughs> Z425 okay. he was wearing, keeping him waterproof. You can use the code SGS30. Get 30% off this if you're looking for waterproof. You know who also was wearing uh, a ZR jacket? Not, Are you allowed to say this? Well, I just, I'm just i making a, an observation because I noticed that it was oh. a ZR jacket. Okay. John Rahm was okay. wearing one. Okay. Yeah, I think I mean, he chose. I think the, he chose to wear that. This is and making the, uh, a smart choice. Do you think he used SGS thirty? <laughs> he could have conceivably. He could have used SGS thirty and gotten thirty percent off uh, for the standard and waterproof, windproof. If you're you know going to Scotland or playing you know Bandon or whatever it is. If you need to prep, you know. I mean, this is something you have to have. Is it something you always want to use? You hope you don't have to use like four out of every five rounds? Sure. But it's a thing. You have to have waterproof. And the, you might as well get the best. Go to zerorestriction.com. Use the promo code SGS30. You get 30% off. Congrats to them. I think they, they have two. We're be, being told be Dratty, two. Yeah. So B Dratty also sponsors uh, Brian Harmon. Obviously, it's uh, sister companies. B Dratty, Zero Restriction. They got two two top 10 players in the world now kind of amazing good 10 year anniversary of dratty he's got two top 10 the the brand 10 he's got two he's always had you know two top five golf podcasters i would suggest or sometimes the golf podcast a little bit more niche maybe than the owgr but now he's got two top 10 pros professional golfers at the at the minute so go to bdratty.com ZeroRestriction.com, code SGS30, gets you 30% off in both spots. Congrats to them. It's, it's you know, in action there. Um, all right, we're, we've done enough with Harmon, I believe. Well, oh, by the way, was this a full-on Keimer? Was this a Keimer for you? The Speaking of, like, the Pinehurst, where you kind of just get on the weekend and then... Did Keimer did ever get, get to three? There? Three, t- as tight as three yeah. shots, you mean? I think this was tighter. I think I think where you're going is right there. I, I don't think Keimer felt like it was up nine or eight. It like, did not for the yes. last three days. This one felt a little bit closer, and I think okay. I think okay. the other thing is Keimer had a little bit more gravitas in the golf world, um, sure. so there was like a sure. little bit more of a foregone conclusion, right? You especially yeah. especially today um, on five when he hit it in the gorse. I think that is where you got some real kind of tension. And uh, obviously, at that time, Rom, Rory, Cam Young, obviously, was right there. Um, it it yeah. felt like there could be something could happen. But that quickly, I mean, how about those shots he hit? How about this? I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, the, the back-to-back hole, uh, the uh, six and seven. Six. Oh, yeah. those were cold-blooded holes. Just. I mean, the, doing it on par threes yesterday and today when he was kind of on the like shaky was the shot he hit on nine was really nine. good too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of, I guess we'll talk about the chasers. Who could have made it interesting? I, the assumption was John Rahm would be the one. Cam Young maybe. Young was 
I mean, he opened with a bogey, and then that was that. He just really never, never did anything. Well, <laughs> that, he what? hit the ball so good. I mean, if there's, yeah, oh yeah, I think if there's one person, I thought John Rahm put it really well in terms of of the way he he described. Somebody like kind of asked him to trying to get him to talk about like missed opportunities. Oh yeah, um, and he, he won by six. Yeah, he goes, right? he goes. Uh, no, it's golf. He so he said you mentioned some missed putts the first two days. Do you go back to those? No, it's the golf. He won by six. It's not like he won by two or three. He won by six. So there's nothing really any of us could have done. There's nothing any of us could have done. And I think that this is an important lens to look at, like everybody else in the field through. Right? Is like yes. This is. Is not like a uh, a missed opportunity. Brian Harmon won it very decisively. Now, could there have been a few things that some other players could have done that could have made it more interesting? I think Cam Young's going to look at the putter, right? 143rd, I think, in the field in strokes <laughs> gain. Lost, like, I don't know. Disaster. Obviously, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, the thing really, that I really find... And again, why didn't he have a waterproof? Speaking of zero, why was he in just like a? It looked like a cotton hoodie or something. I think some people, I some people don't like how waterproofs feel when they swing. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm not going to question anything Cam Smith did with his tee to green game. I will say, I will, or Cam Cam Young. I will say, like for all the caddy enthusiasts out there, isn't isn't you love you love this? I just think it's a preposterous thing that. <laughs> Everybody loves to do. And I just like, I'm just going to say, don't you, isn't this where a, a experienced caddy is supposed to get you over the hump? If you, if you like, if you can't read green, cause he talked about how he couldn't read the greens. Oh, okay. I missed that. He was like, I could, I never felt comfortable on the greens. I couldn't read them effectively. So at that point, okay. wouldn't have like, this is where I just think this whole caddy, this experienced caddy thing is like a complete sham. Like I do, I agree that there are skilled caddies, but this is this is this would be the point of having one of the experienced skilled caddies. Some people were giving as much credit for this win to Scott Tway, oh. big country or whatever. The who was in tears. It was kind of cool. It's like this gruff kind of big guy. He was crying on Golf Channel. But the people were giving him as much credit for the win as Harmon. And of course he played a part. Of course he Yes. Helped. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It felt like more people wanted to talk about him as much because he's got the name and stuff. But uh, yeah, Paul Tesori, I guess, is, is you know, a, a very highly touted caddy. And he's he's Kim Young's. And you're talking about Young not being able to read the greens. Young is not renowned or reputed as a bad putter. I mean, that's not in a way like some of the other guys are. He's not, his ball striking was just so good this, you know, today or this weekend. First off the tee, I think, and then 10th or 9th. Um, he was first, oh, first off in both. First and both. Yes. Oh my God. First and both off the tee and approach. So, and I mean, lost almost four shots so, at putting. Like, so. if you were going to say one guy who felt like it probably walks away from this feeling like, God, where I am is not representative of how I played. It's Cam Young. And I think that's like the one person that I would say like, hey, like, you know, maybe if you catch him on a different week, this is different. But, you know, from that standpoint, like, I mean, 
I think Tom Kim has to walk away and be like, this was like the greatest week of my life as a pro yeah, so far. I was just, that was a question I wanted to ask you. Who was like the most impressive top 10 and then who was like the least impressed? Like the Wikipedia that just doesn't do anything for you. Who's most All right, impressive? I, I don't want this to be a homer pick. Most impressive, Sepp Straka. I thought he looked like the best player out there outside of Harmon for most of the weekend. He looked great. Did he lead the field in birdies? Yeah, he, he did. He had 20 something. Yeah. So, um, he looked great in his scares. I mean, I 21 birdies. A, he made four more birdies than, than Harmon. The other thing he missed some shorties today. He missed like three or four short putts the last two days for birdie. A solo second felt appropriate. He felt like he should have. Well, been he solo bogeyed eighteen, so jammed up with everybody else at, at seven under. But it felt like he should have been solo second. The septic tank is just. It was an all Georgia, all Georgia weekend. Yeah, it was, you know, it's fitting for the last major before college football season. He's as American as apple pie, and he's going to play. He's for got the a Euros southern draw. It's unbelievable. He's going to play for the Euros and Marco Simone. Probably, although who knows? It comes, this Ryder Cup talk, I wanted to do this later, but I'll make the point now. When we started the year, it looked like Europe was in total shambles. Like, it's just going to be a mess. And the USA is just locked. No question marks, really. Except for whoever's going to fill out the roster at the very last two spots. I'd say... Six months later, completely flipped. And that could flip again by September. Six months later, Europe is better at the top with Ram, Rory, and Hovland. They're better at the top. And they feel like, I I don't know, just as solidified all the way through. Fewer questions on the roster. So it changes in like three and four month increments, I would say. We're not talking about Guido Migliazzi filling out the roster now because he's Italian can, you know, I had a cup of coffee and a few euros. Well, you got Lud- you got so Ludwig Aberg is is now taking Guido's the darling. Yeah, the- yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I just think it it changes a lot, and that certainly could happen with the, the septic tank as he beats up on his, you know, all his neighbors, his Georgian neighbors. Listen, maybe. if I'm if I'm Rom or or Rory or uh, Hovland, I'm I'm fighting to get septic tank as my my partner. He's got some physical at- intimidation. He's got serious game. He was flagging. Physical intimidation. He was flagging shots. The approach play was dynamite. He was. He was hitting shots. Yeah. He was out of. I mean, it was like him and Cam Young were to me the two guys that hit the ball. I mean, Rory hit some really great shots today too. But those guys were the two guys that I was like that kind of jumped off the page this week. You know, when I followed or walked with Rory at the players, he was playing with Sep. No way. As a practice round player. Future yeah. pairing. Maybe. It could be. Do you think they were talking SEC football? <laughs> Probably not. I mean, you know, I think Rory does that where he he plays, you know, he did Peter. He played with Peters in 2016. I think he played with the Piss Bear, I believe. <laughs> I think. Is he kind of piss bear septic tank and back to back European Ryder Cups? I, I feel like he takes on a, a rookie or a new guy. So maybe that's your. Uh, we'll have plenty of Ryder I mean, Cup chatter later. But, I got to check but. in on Nosferatu, see where, where the tank's getting up to in the world <laughs> rankings. 
Is he playing the 3M Open? Hopefully There's not. Some, uh, he's, <laughs> he's so good. There's no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it comes and goes. It's pretty, it fluctuates with some fair amount of wildness. Man, but, Harmon's uh, three in the Ryder Cup rankings while we're here. Oh, he is in the field for the 3M Open. The tank is? Septic. <laughs> He's 25 in, the, 25 in the world. All right, let's let's just go down. While we're here right now. Um, Ryder Cup? Ri- real quick. Okay. All right, we'll just do the top 25 yeah. players in the world. You got, okay. got Scotty, Cantlay, Xander, Homa, and uh, Harmon are in the top 10. And then for the Euros, you've got Rory, Rom, Victor, and Fitz. So you got six to four. And then you go. Uh, then you go. Clark, Spieth, Hatton, Brooks, Cam Young. I mean, Keegan sixteenth. What's wild is that we're getting to the point where JT. JT's almost not world rankings wise. Your in your your would be your pick if you just went down the top twelve Americans oh, world the, rankings wise. He's out. It's kind of, of wild. Of That's that kind of wild. Built on a lot of not events recently. So yeah, that that rank that high ranking is built on a lot of prior form from a, many years ago, or not many years ago. Many a different JT than we've seen. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So, so I said I was going through impressive. 25 and I went through 10. <laughs> Septic take most impressive. What about Sorry, you? I cut you off. Oh. You want, to, um, I am happy for Max Homa to get a top 10. Um, I think he said it was his favorite major in the world. His favorite tournament in the world. Uh, Harmon said that, of course. I mean, I think you probably say that after you win it, but, yeah, Homa, I, I'm happy he got a top 10. Um, he's obviously a very, very good player. Uh, not playing his best recently. So I'm impressed that the, I don't know, bad couple hours where all of a sudden his majors just goes kaput. It, it feels like that happened at LA, clearly. It was like, it was bad hour and a half and it was just done. It, it sort of felt like a tightrope there. At times, like they didn't show him a lot, and and on Saturday, um, it just felt like was that going to happen? And, and you're going to look up, and he was like t sixty five at the end of the. So I'm really happy he played his ass off through the weekend and still top ten. Are we giving him a participation trophy? No, but um, he's like you talked about. I think yesterday, this is like seems to be someone who it's a progression, right? It's a step by step, and this is the next step towards something maybe greater. At majors, so I mean, uh, happy for him. Listen, Impressive. like I think Max is a better player than at at this stage in his career than Brian Harmon was. But Brian Harmon's like a good model to look at, right? Like he he didn't have success early in his major career, right? He missed, yeah, literally, yep. Like you know, he had the T two, but he missed four of his first six cuts as a pro, or. Seven, four, uh, five of his first seven cuts as a pro in majors. Yep. And then he, yep. he, he got in contention once, you know, and it's been a mixed bag, but like then he bags one. Right. And I think like Max, like, listen, he might, might have a couple good years of majors. Right. 
but like I don't think he's he's not going to ever get into like a Rory stratosphere with major championships, right? Where he finishes in the top 10 of six of the last eight majors, right? That's not like yeah. where, but like if he could just get comfortable, that's half the battle with these things. It's just being comfortable in the moment, right? Yeah. I mean, Harmon talked yep. about how he was uncomfortable at Aaron Hills and how, you know, he started thinking about stuff and got two in his head. And, and like, I don't think it's a, it's a surprise that the next time he was in the arena, he played much better, right? Next time he was in, in that like opportunity to win. Yeah. It was cool that he talked about how much of a wreck he was. I mean, not cool, but insightful. I like, was a total wreck last night and th- through the day. So again, the heckles, I think cracked him. Uh, anyone in the top 10 that like, is it's it's a backdoor ish issue or that's an unimpressive top top 10 that doesn't move you in a way like not to discredit any accomplishment i um because that is hard to do i mean tommy fleetwood yeah he shot 72 on uh on sunday with a triple at 17 playing around in the on the dune in the beach behind there i guess Um, like he was in a hard situation right like he was five back but he just, there was never a point where it was like Tommy Fleetwood's got a chance, right? No. He shot 71-72 on the weekend when people were shooting like 65s on, on Saturday. So. And then I, I don't know. I, I he his, his golf game, and I think this is, he's like kind of like a watered down Lee Westwood. <laughs> like the putts just never go in. Yeah, I I yeah. say that like Lee Westwood had Great. an incredible major career, Still, right? Incredible talent to watch, but but like you get in the moment and it's like this this not this isn't happening. I think Westwood's a pretty good cop or watered down Westwood. I, I don't th- I don't think you're ready to elevate. Him I I think Westwood, I think yeah. he's water watered down maybe in 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 the skill department. Highly more, you know, highly elevated in in the life department. Yeah, I mean, well, Westy was the number one player in the world. Let's not. Yeah, and I'm just saying he might have read a book. Fleetwood seems like he may have read one book. Westy had some uh, bad typo the other day that was sort of indicative of maybe that learnedness. But um, oh yeah, Fleetwood's top ten. What about you? Yeah, iffy. I, th- I think it's Fleetwood. I think it's Fleetwood. Uh, everybody else is like, it's a notable accomplishment for not. I mean, I, I, I guess I can't rip anybody for a backdoor. I thought Xander was coming for that backdoor for a while there this morning. It really looked like he was. He got a T seventeen, gave a few away. Rory, I don't think it does anything in terms of like. How well, this is. Career, I think this is the hard thing. I'm not going to pop him for. Any, I don't think he. We talked you know, about. Flopped. We talk about this with Rory. Is like. Nothing really matters except for majors at this point in his career. And it's a real, it's gotta be a very difficult thing to deal with. Right. Yeah. You have, you have 16 days out of a, out of a year. I, of course, other stuff is matters and he's competing and, but yeah, the 16 days. And it's 16 days of a year that matter in a sport where expectations are like the, the, thing that you need to avoid at all costs 
right? You are going to lose a lot more than you win in golf. And I, it has to be frustrating. I think that's probably why he was so pissed yesterday. He blew off the media. I kind of gave him a little bit of shit for that. I just, you know, I, I think we need to hear from him a little bit about golf, not about whatever else, other the Saudi stuff or anything. But um, he was clearly probably really hot because he, these opportunities are so so scant and he's playing so well. Um, but he finishes T6 uh, today. Like, the putter was great today. Yeah, he, he birdied three in a row. It was three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Harmon maybe hits it in the gorse and you're like thinking, can this happen? Then he kind of stuffs it at nine and doesn't convert that 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 birdie putt there. Uh, bogey's 10. And that was that. He was um, he was really bad all week from like basically like hole seven through 13. I don't know if he made a birdie in that stretch all week. Um and it's just that middle of the round kind of killed him the entire week. But, you know, listen, it's, I, again, like Rom said, I don't know if he had the putter. It, like, it would have taken him a Herculean putting effort to win. And, and some harm and luck and some. Yeah, yeah like that. Like he had to putt, have like a leading the stroke, uh, leading the field type putting week to win. And he hit the ball I think is- very well. Like he was, I think, second off the tee and in the top 10 in approach. Um, yeah. So over, here's a Kyle Porter tweet. Over the seven, over seven of the last majors, excluding the 2023 Masters. So if you take the 2023 Masters out, Rory has tied or beaten 993 of the 1,019 competitors. 97.4% of the field without winning. It's very, very impressive and also probably a little bit maddening. Yeah. Right. Um, it's, 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 that's sort of the, the paradox, right? Uh, I was thinking, you know, it feels like we've been not critical of his putting and not we, but the larger discourse or analysis. Because obviously nothing fell for him at St. Andrews Sunday last year. Very little fell for him at L.A. this year. Nothing. It felt like he's the best player in that <laughs> field and the best player in St. Andrews. And then kind of nothing went down for him on Saturday when, it, you know, that was if it was going to happen, he had to post the, you know, the 65 or something. And he shot 68 today. Like that was when it had to happen. But like they're they're all like more or less, none of them are truly bad putter. I, I don't think he's been bad a bad putter that's lost him majors. No. I think we are just, we see every single putt, right? Every single putt, and we hope on every single putt, or a lot of people that are doing the analysis are hoping, right? Like, this one's going. We're on the charge. He goes out in 20. It's like, there's just this narrative that's built up around every putt. We see everyone. Everything's so high profile. It's like almost it's, you know, every shot's shown, but every putt is shown, every opportunity is shown. And like these percentages aren't that they're all going to go in. So every time he burns, oh, it's happening again. Can't make a putt. But they're not like often easy putts. And he obviously goes back to your point. He is so good, Tita Green, that like you're putting yourself in more of these. He has the most chances to for quote unquote, like makeable birdie putts that aren't 90 feet from the hole. 
And so um, I don't know that he's necessarily had like really piss poor putting days. It's just more frustrating putting days at these majors uh, of the last two years. I agree partly, but I also think there is something there's a it's not a tentativeness. It's just a the mind is a little too active. I think he's such a good, great driver of the ball because it's so simple to him, right? He picks a target and he just hits to the target, right? He's not thinking about, you know, if he's starting it over this blade of grass or this blade of grass, right? If you think about like the great darts players, right? They like get up there and it's just like, boom, 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 you know? How how they have yeah. that pace to it? Sure, I don't watch darts. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I think I, you know, but like, I think the thing with putting is there's there's it becomes like kind of analysis by paralysis sometimes. Yeah, I know what you're saying, and it's just like if you just don't think about it as much, the ball goes in. It's really weird. It's so hard though. And you get it. And I think like you see that from him today. Like he putted great today. Um, but it seems to be in the moments where you know it's like a big day. Like yesterday was a big day. He needed he needed to make a move, and it just I don't know. It's just like there's just one little layer of of extra processing. It feels like to me that I it's it's the only way I can describe why you know these these days come at the worst times seemingly. I think um, yeah no I, that's a good analysis. I think his his general approach in in, in you know partnership with Faxon or under the two you know working with Faxon is that that simple? Yeah. Just get up and hit it. And I think that was sort of his aversion to that dalliance with phil kenyon when they uh, you know i think kenyon's more of a here's 25 thoughts to think you know 25 checklist of this that and the other to do and whereas faxon's more like just feel it you know uh, i i but agree what but it's you where can be that and then yeah it's right. the hardest parts that last moment right yep. it's where yep. you have to have the ultimate trust in the process is in those days where you know you know you need it the most it's the hardest thing to do i you know like I, right. I right. And it, I don't know. It, it, just like some thoughts here, real quick. Like just, I like I pulled this up for something else, but I'm looking at it. So Rory's 34. He's at 654 weeks in the top 10 of the world right now. It's a lot. Tiger's leading at 906. Okay. He's less than six years from passing, you know, if he has five more years in the top 10, he passes him. I mean, that's, I think that's, I think that's something to play for. Is that like, you know, outside the 16 days that we talk about every year, that that is something to play for that. I think he would be motivated by. He's got 37 worldwide wins, right? Is that right? Eh, Sounds right. I think, I think that was the number I saw last week. I mean, is it inconceivable to see him get to 50? No, no. And obviously, He's win then a fourth FedEx Cup here in a month. How about that? that? And race to Dubai. 
Fifth phrase to provide. 37 uh, professional yeah. wins. So Okay. 50 wins sounds possible. Eminently achievable. So, And then let's just say one more major if we're just being cautious. I guess. Are we at the yeah. point? Like we'll, we'll say four and a half majors. It could be. I, I wouldn't. See, the thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if he got to six or seven. Wouldn't be surprised if he got yeah. to four, if he stayed at four, right? That's that's sort of the weird place I'm at. Like it feels like if he finally got this drought over, then it's like a few more because something clearly he just needs to get this one, and he's in the top ten and the top five every time they have a major. Does he, when he gets another the floodgates thing is such an overused analogy in golf uh, because it's really hard. But it does feel like if he got one more, he'd then get a few others in succession. But who knows? Yeah, give him one more. Give him one more. Five, five. I mean, like you start to do that math, and it's like it's a pretty crazy career, right? And that's like at age forty. Yeah, seems like he wants to play now till fifty. I don't know. Fax was talking about that on the coverage and i think the reason i or he could play the reason i got here was because of xander and cantley because this thing that i just love monitoring now is their number of <laughs> numbers of weeks in the top 10 without winning a major and they're just shooting For... up they're shooting up this list i mean like i don't know if everybody listening to this is ready for this i don't know i don't know if you are I don't know if all the all the speed truthers are out out there already. Xander Shoffley is going to pass Jordan Spieth in weeks in the top ten in the world golf rankings. Cool, great. But the reason I did I I got to this point with Rory, what I was thinking about is like you start to go down the list of guys without majors who have spent a lot of time in the in the top ten in the world. It's like. It's Xander Cantlay, and then it just like falls off a cliff. I mean, there are how long, how many weeks are them? Are those two? All right, so there, so Xander's at one ninety four, Cantlay's at uh one eighty four. Very close, very close okay. together. I mean, these guys are going to be in it, so you could just like right now add how many weeks? Thirty weeks to that. Yeah, because they'll be there next year. They're fourth and whatever in the rankings. They aren't going anywhere. Yeah. He had 30 weeks to Xander, and he's up to 224, which would get him. He's at that point, he's he's 13 weeks behind Spieth. And he's past Ricky Great. Fowler. Great. These guys Congrats to Xander losses on the on the year and the week for these guys. What? I'm just putting them as big L's for the week and the year. Oh, for the week. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I. They got to do something in the majors. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they'll probably partner at the Ryder Cup again and be lethal. And then we'll be all about it. Or, you know, American fans will be all about it. But, yeah, you'd like to see a little bit more. But one thing you don't need to see more from is uh, your skincare routine. Oh, new partner. New partner. I'm excited about this one personally. I don't know. Skincare is probably a reductive term. They do a bunch of stuff. Um, Ors and Alps. Basically, New all self care. 
I'll say this. I was very excited that they came on board because I personally use a bunch of Oars and Alps stuff. Uh, I purchased it with my own money. I've been using it for years. And I will immediately recommend, I didn't get this product for free because now I can recommend. I had this in my home for the last multiple years, the, the sunscreen stick for your face. I think it's called the Go Clear Stick. Oh, look, it was named best new product at the 22 PGA merchandise show. How about that? Look, I don't think that's, you know what? Fine. I'll, I could say this. It's a Brendan Porath, one of his best products in his house. It's look amazing. It's so good. It's this stick. I use this for like a couple of years now. I'm happy they're now a sponsor. I can talk about this. Uh, it's so easy. You know, a lot of these sticks make your face. You look like Casper, the friendly <laughs> ghost, right? People were making. Like a well, I I didn't have Oars and Alps, and people were making fun of me uh, at, at the LA. at the LA Open about my you, sunscreen. I mean, you looked ridiculous. Yeah, well, I was trying to protect ridiculous. my face. I'm sorry. I understand. Well, you can you can serve multiple purposes and still look like you know you don't have to look like a ghost. Oars and Alps, go clear stick. Uh, I use, you know, I got kids. You don't want to do all the nonsense, take all the time, you know, rubbing the spray, you know, rubbing sunscreen all over their nose and face. Go clear stick. Orison Alps is money. It doesn't make your face, your face gives you a nice little sheen. Looks good. It really works really well. Never gotten sunburned on the face. It's quick and easy with your kids. Some of these you got to, like the sprays, some of the some of these sticks, you still then got to rub it in with your hands, right? Not the clear stick, So you got huh? schmutz. No. And you do that. Fits in your golf bag. Go play golf. You don't have to wash your hands. You don't have to rub it in. Go clear stick and their sunscreen. I bet spray. it's easy for I kids too. Those. It's probably easy to get on your twenty five kids. Yes, they've got these camps, and we're running out the door, and they got to be there at eight thirty, and we just line them up in the driveway, and we go down the line. We go stick on the face, boom, 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 and they're out, and we're gone. It takes it's very fast. So recommend Oars and Alps. Use the promo code Egg Fifteen. Listen, I Egg Fifteen. How I know this is good stuff. My wife has no interest in she's she's like a freak about her about her her products that she uses, you know? Very and, conscious of what goes into the products. She like uh, she, chemicals and the, yeah. They sent us a box. She like started rifling through it and <laughs> looking inspecting. L- inspecting. <laughs> yeah. And she put some of it in her own bag. Wow. She's got that's a, she's, that's a high bar to clear. Yeah, she she uses it on her daughter. So it's okay. good stuff. I say this like my wife examines ingredients more than I could. I, I like I I exhale. I like exhale anytime it passes her inspection. <laughs> I'm afraid to buy anything because of this. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Use the promo code Egg15. You get fifteen percent all off all their products. Now I know we've talked a lot about sunscreen. They've got like body wash, deodorant like after workout balms, all sorts of stuff. I under eye creams, face wash, everything. So orzenalps.com use the promo code egg 15. Um, all right. right. Hey, I got these weeks without a, without a major ready. Okay. 206 for Ricky, 194 for Xander, Patrick Cantlay, 184. This is weeks in the top 10 without a major. Victor Hovland, 62, Turrell Hatton, 37. Alex Doran, 26, Fleetwood, 25, Homa, 21, Tony Finau, 17. Uh, falls off. Crazy, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to do something at, at, at major championships. So, um, like if Cantley wins another FedEx Cup, 
what's that going to do for you? Not much or Xander wins. I mean, if if Cantlay wins a FedEx cup, it's just like a, the the whole system needs to be blown up. (laughs) Uh, All right. What else from, uh, from the British open you want to talk about open champ. You want to do some winners and losers or rapid fire, empty the notebook. Yeah, we'll go. I'm going to say loser. Loser? Losers. You're going negative. British golf fans. Europe, the, you know, UK British Open golf fans. UK golf guy? No, not, he's not our good friend, UK <laughs> golf guy. Dude. I was texting with him this week. I you just know? was he curious. Was he said it was great. You're, you're, no, you're, no, 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 no. You said that, and I, I immediately, think great Look, immediately thought of our, to, our friend, UK no. golf guy. No, I'm not trying to create enemies. Smart, great people, great fans. But we have to hear about how they don't shout Baba Booey. There was more crazy, weird shit being shouted on every Ter- tee shot. Well, I, I really hate light the candle. There's, yeah, I mean, I hate them all, pretty much. But there was so much stuff being shouted. Harbin's getting heckled. You know, they're, sh- they're shouting, you know, backswings and stuff like that. You had Tiger get shouted in backswing at Carnoustie, whatever. That's still in my... I just, like, they do seem more knowledgeable than American fans, and we get that, but it's just... We have to hear. Oh, you're adjusting your desk. We have to hear all the time about how we don't. They don't shout Baba Booey. There was a lot of stuff being shouted and players being heckled. So I just British fans losers. Do you have a loser or winner you want to throw out? Uh, Yeah, I'll start. uh, I'll start with my uh, my good friend, hole number seventeen, Wee Eye. Loser. Loser. This was a nothing hole coming down the stretch. If there wasn't wind. The, this hole had nothing. And honestly, you know you <laughs> just put a put a flag out in a field and it's 25 mile an hour wind and have somebody hit a wedge and it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think some of the strongest evidence that, that that hole wasn't much was the TV people like golf. How many from- times did we see that that graphic on TV about we I? What graphic? Like Which with the one? with the, oh look at fl- everything falls off. Oh yeah yeah the yeah. <laughs> I mean they tried yeah, to make stuff. it so big and it was so uneventful. Yeah, and I think even afterwards, uh, some of the it, like the TV people who can't rip anything are like it's contractually like it's the tough water to navigate. We're like ah, was it a good part three? I don't know. I, it was fine. Like they couldn't even bring themselves to really say much nice stuff about it. it was so like this hole was getting compared to the postage stamp and the 12 right. and 12 at augusta leading into the week by uh, maybe a few people brooks just uh, uh yeah it was, it, was on the, it, was, it was being hyped yeah. it was being hyped yeah yeah, loser it was we uh, for sure winner winner maybe they'll blow it up winner was redoing the Winner was Hoylake's original identity of out of bounds. <laughs> oh yeah, and they should go. Fabulous. They should try and recapture every piece of that, including their lost par three, because that was proven. Nothing got into these guys' heads more than the out of bounds. It was unbelievable, and I'm not advocating for more out of bounds at other courses. It was beautiful that this golf course's history had it 
and it was the the formative opponent that they faced on the golf course with the bunkers um, obviously it was it was so cool it made every like like th- that thing when you're watching golf you want to feel something when there's there's players on the tee standing over the ball before the ball struck like you want to have like moved to like your edge of your seat to use a cliche kind of moments and you felt that on relatively otherwise innocuous tee shots that you wouldn't always feel like a 15 and 18 like you know you want that and that's what that element that's what that uh, introduced that element Mm -hmm. at 15 and 18 or i'm sorry three and 18 so um Super cool. Do you have a problem with them moving it in 20 yards closer on 18? You want to, from the last time the open was there? Should they move like I don't think they did such move a resounding because the cop uh, was still there. I thought they said they moved it like 20 yards closer. I, just, I thought that, that original cop one. was sitting there though. Uh I'm not sure. I thought I heard that on the broadcast, and I think it might it might have moved, but I thought it looked like the original cop line. Which was okay. like what the out of bounds was, was that little like mound? Because there's the little mound. Right. Which is that was the right. defining of the right. of the out of bounds were those cops. So maybe in 14, they, they might have moved it out between. Yeah. OK. OK. It was a resounding success. You have another. Uh, yeah. What winner, about you? Loser. Uh, oh, loser. The cliques. <laughs> Blandy. Just still getting popped. Cleeks can't have a just can't even have a week without getting popped. Blandy <laughs> fails the driver test. What? Did you see this? No. Bland. Yeah. Oh, the CT machine is alive oh. and well. Marty sleeps is on the on the case, jamming these guys with the CT machine. Dick Bland. They had two driver tests failed. Dick Bland was one, um, and the other was the kid from Notre Dame who had the ten on uh on eighteen. Um. Uh, can't believe that that's uh, amusing and, and it makes you wonder have they been testing on live you know a dick bland coming over from live with you know clubs that are hotter than the face of the sun what's going on over there are they are they regulating what's happening you know it could be the wild wild west over there so love that dick bland was the one that failed it failed the driver test do you have another loser or winner i think john rom had a nice tie up to his um his season here in the majors, I think 63. Yeah. And, and a T set a T two in the sense of like, listen, he didn't win, but through two rounds, it looked like it was going to be a, a kind of another non-competitive week. Like we saw at Oak Hill and, um, and LACC, but then he surged in and he was like, he was a story on Sunday. And I think like from the sense of Rom, what what I'd like to see, and he's done it in a calendar year, but is that year to year consistency where we see two two or three top tens and majors every year, right? And he's going to pile up more wins that way, right? So it was great to see him. And I think like something that's kind of underrated with Rom uh is like this is we're in the first part of his career where he's going through these venues for the first time. So like he is probably going to play another major at Hoylake. He's probably going to right. play another major at um maybe at Oak Hill. I don't know. 
<laughs> U.S. Open sites, we can figure that out. Like next year, it'll Piner be a, it'll be his first spin around Piners, but he's going around these majors, and it's kind of the same thing that ha- happens with the PGA Tour. Your rookie year is tough because you're playing courses that other guys have played for 15 straight years, and you're playing them for the first time, right? And like this part of his major championship career, he is still learning the golf courses, um, and I think that is going to aid him. And I just like to see him in the mix. And and like I bet he leaves this week feeling good about Hoylake. And and I think for golf fans that want really great players, we'll probably see Hoylake again. I imagine. Um, and it 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 will be you know a great. Uh, you know, possible place for him to win another major, however many he's at by then. There was like a 15-minute stretch today where I thought we would be at Valhalla, maybe talking about him completing the career slam next year. You know, there's like, holy shit, is he going to, could he be, you know, but of course he's got two to go to do that. Uh, the rookie thing or the courses for the, I thought Tom Kim had some good quotes on that. Now, Kim's skills, I'm not suggesting around like he has some deficient, like he's not the player, but he had a good quote on that. He goes, seeing golf courses that I haven't been to hitting a huge learning curve. It's been frustrating a little bit. You know, last year, your expectations go up and you're supposed to play like that. You think you're supposed to play like that all the time. But um, it's, you know, I'm just trying to keep things in perspective, the learning curve. These guys have been out here for five to 10 plus years. So I thought that was a quote that tied in well with your ROM major point. Um, I bet I bet okay. Rory was worried Grumpy Grio was gonna get him on the head to head, and they're preparing today. What happened there? They tied. <laughs> yeah, th- <laughs> Shub Sharma maybe- winner. We tried to ca- top ten. Ex- we tried to count him out on this podcast every day wait, of it. Wait, this wait, wait, wait. What do you mean count him out? We like, said he was a pretender. pretender. We we well he was. What do you mean? I mean he, he hung he around. Sniffed. We okay. were questioning why he was even in the field to start <laughs> well, the week. That's not, not a not a meritless question, Andy. I'm sorry. He hasn't done a thing. Well, he finished eighth. He's a winner. I'm happy for him. I've loved Shub. And now he's got a, he's gonna be a true with via the top ten exemption. He can go miss another, more cuts for another year and still play it next year. So winner for Shub. Matthew J- Jordan winner. Cool. That was a great yeah. story. I mean, we heard a great lot story. about it, but it was a great story. I didn't. This better, better or worse, greater or lesser accomplishment than Blocky at Oak Hill. <laughs> Are you putting him in a position where I have to say nice things about Blocky? Because I think that is much more surprising than a somewhat regular. Tour player, a regular PGA, tour, a European tour player, performing well at his home course. I'm sorry, Blocky is is more impressive. So, uh, what's happened since is not. <laughs> um, loser, what was it? Uh, Waggle Camp? Probably made sense in the meeting. This could be fine. This could be a good idea. I totally get how it came to fruition. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it made much more sense than Roger Clemens' tweet being on the broadcast about Rom's round, but it just didn't. It didn't work out great. And then, of course, you know, malfunction on the first first try. So, 
Um, I, what else do you have? Um, can I read a couple of uh, Zinger quotes? I'll, I'll let you determine if they're winners or losers. These are We tweeted both of these from the fried egg, but I, I just have to read them. I want your reaction to them. Yeah. This was said right before the right before Brian Harmon teed off. Harmon is one of those guys who would want to run around and jump in the puddles. <laughs> what does that mean? What kind of what kind of insult? What best, does that say about best, Brian Harmon? The best is Harmon. After is like I really hated playing in the rain. I was don't like just. I don't know, A, how you could glean that information or to, to make such a supposition. And then B, like what that means for the larger, like Brian Harmon analysis. But it's a great quote. I still love it. I hope he keeps dishing them. And the lead to the press release last night from NBC Sports. This is, you know, these are the things you, you receive in your email inbox as a, as a golf media professional. Right at the top, first quote. Professional is a strong word. About Brian Harmon. He's the kind of guy that if you handed him a pocket knife and a book of matches <laughs> and sent him off into the jungle, you'd find him a month later doing just fine. Puddles, pocket knives. What are we doing? Book of matches. Oh, let's let let me look at what they sent tonight. Oh, this is a good one. Tiger Tiger picked this place apart like a surgeon in 2006, and Brian Harmon did the same thing in the power era. It's refreshing to see accuracy matter. Eh, that's not bad. That's a good one. A little more uh, toned down from the puddles and the pocket knives, but God, that's hey. Let's do a game. Not today, but down the line, Ryder Cup or something. Real or fake Azinger quotes? Why, why don't we pull that together and you know we'll quiz one? God, we might need a we might need a research assistant for that one. It might have <laughs> to, to be like a, yeah, it might have to be like somebody somebody. We might have to enlist somebody to do it. Might have to have to a third party come in for that. Uh, I think that could be a good entertaining game down the line. Uh, anything else on winners losers notes? Quick, quick, rapid notes. You know, honestly, I don't want to do this. And I, I really feel bad doing this because he's had a sensational year. But I have to feel like um, a little bit of a loser is Scotty Scheffler on no majors this year. Okay. Um, And listen, like, we just talked about this with Rory. It's super hard to win these things. Um, but it's Probably frustrating, given how well he played. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, crazy year, and I think like it's just it. It's the hard thing about there's only four of them, right? And how if you count them, yep. if you if you take Brandel's grandstanding for the players seriously this week. Oh, he's <laughs> that was more than grandstanding. That was like vehement, pound the table. The players just the out of nowhere declare a major. <laughs> Yeah, it felt like we're talking about the players the week of the open. Has to be a major. Yeah. Um, Hovland disappoint you at all today? Two over 73. (laughs) I mean, like you said, it's kind of a weird day. Everybody's got to kind of go for broke. And he disappointed me more on Friday. That was, I think, the day that he lost it. Um, You know, 
I think overall, like it's you, you get to the end of these major season and you start like some of the winners and losers become based off their year. And to me, this this year for Victor Havlin was a home run. Um, he was a constant presence at major championships. And really, that's that's what you want from your young budding stars, right? That's where like Colin Morikawa was like a very big disappointment this year in majors, right? Where Morikawa and and Hovland are interesting too. And I I wonder if we if it's going to be similar to like JT and Spieth where, you know, we think that one player is this, you know, generational guy. And then, you know, before our eyes, the other one kind of surpasses them in the game. And right now it might be the opposite where Spieth's back on top, but I don't, I don't think you could look at both their games and kind of assess that. I mean, is Jordan Spieth a loser? Um, not like a not like an actual loser, just like a winner or a loser in in this week. I you know what I think he was? I think he was just a guy. <laughs> I think he was just a guy. I don't know if he's a winner. I don't know if he's a loser. He was just a guy out there shooting low seventies, mid seventies numbers. Seventy three. I I'd never really I guess I would have been more surprised than not if he shot like a 65 or something. Shot 69 in the opening round. Obviously had a bunch, a handful of birdies there that got people whipped up. And then it was just kind of 71, 71, and I think 73. It's 20, 25 holes of greatness. I, I we'll never always have, we'll always have the first few holes of Friday too. Don't Don't forget that. I got I I asked that because I saw this tweet that I thought was good from Andy Lack, you know, fellow podcaster. Yeah. Does yeah, the fantasy and stuff. Big yeah. fan of both these guys, but curious why Spieth doesn't get more of the disappointment pie that we've given Rory. Spieth wins three before the age of twenty four. Rory wins four before the age of twenty five. Nothing since. Only difference is that Rory's been relevant in sixteen majors since to Spieth's six. I mean, I think that's probably why he doesn't get the scrutiny or disappointment pie, to put it that way. He's just a guy. He's, just, <laughs> he's not out there he's, as much. Yeah, and I think that's my whole point with the just a guy take is, you know. They had this, uh, Golf Channel had this absurd stat, the youngest top two finishers in majors. So you finished first or second in the last 50 years. It was Tiger, Sergio, Seve, Spieth, and then Tom Kim joined them to that. It's kind of like, I don't know, one of these things. Would you put Spieth in the class of Sergio, Seve, and Tiger? I guess he's better than Sergio, right? Based on majors. I don't know. I mean. Anyways, it's kind of an interesting random random collection of. I don't think that Spieth's like a crazy outlier. Tom Kim is right now. Yeah. That yeah, I mean it's fascinating that Tom Kim. I think I think in general Hoylake wins this week. I wonder, yeah. Um, Hoylake I thought was like a super unique uh, venue in the in the skills. I think what what I want out of these majors that go to different places is I want them to present unique and different tests and challenges. And I thought that this this course 
was really interesting to watch. Um, I thought like the fairway bunkers and the penalties for missing, missing off the tee were, were fascinating. Um, and I think that it really, I enjoyed watching a golf course reward control and, and amazingly, like it didn't do it through like 20 yards wide fairways, trees and, and thick unplayable rough contrary to what everybody might think. It was unpredictability when you missed the fairway, really penal, well-placed fairway hazards, and, you know, short grass. I thought it was, it's just like this should have a major. It's really like, you know, proper is the term word that gets so overused in these weeks, but it's a legit major championship course that should have it again, will have it again. I think, you know, are some people going to be like, bothered by it being not the most drama dramatic or exciting major yeah and they'll use that against the course i guess but uh i think overall and in, in its history you know it's it's firmly entrenched should be firmly I'd, I'd love to see it come here more than a lot of the other uh open road many some of the other open road how about the how about the Should open we? only having the next two years booked i kind of love it yeah right it's great it's such a counter to what we got going on in america right so the next two for those that don't royal true next year um which was a really fun open the last time they had it we had the port rush and then we have port rush in 25 which was and then they just announced burkdale they did i think they announced burkdale this week 26 yeah i think so so um we're gonna see a lot of commercials for Turnberry. That's the only place. We're gonna see some new sand scrapes at at Burkdale. Oh, good. I, mean, I think we're gonna see some next year at uh, Troon. So, Sounds like uh, yeah, they're very I, I out love... of play. I got some messages from from uh, from people associated with uh, with the sand right. scraping. All right, we're getting the, the sand scrapes discourses taken off here this week but um yeah only three years it's kind of nice liverpool should be back soon in my my well you got you, know, you got you'll have uh opinion you have the old course at 155 right probably yep and, i would assume and uh burkdale burkdale and then you'll then where we'll go Muirfield's still waiting yeah what's going on would have liked Waiting. to see Mirfield instead of Burkdale. Get the 26 on. I, I think they, people <laughs> thought that was what, what might happen. Maybe there's some anniversary with one of their Here's a question. championships they're waiting for. Do you think NBC put their thumb on the scale to get Burkdale for the next one? Why? Because they, they're trying to gift Spieth another major. I, was gonna, I knew you were going to go with the Spieth angle there. Oh... <laughs> uh. All right. Anything else? We hit the Ryder Cup stuff. I feel like, right? I mean, they were they were cornering ZJ after the after the Harmon had won. Like Brian's a great friend; he'll be a great asset if he wins. The last guy, someone tweeted this at us. I think it was uh, maybe Nick Houskin. Somebody, the last guy to win the British and not, or maybe win any major and not make the team was John Daly, who won at St Andrews and then didn't get on the team. But, Brian Harm is on the team. He's third yeah, in points. Oh yeah. He's yeah, he's going. He's Brooks going. is going too. Yeah. No, um, it's gonna be interesting. I just it's it's changes, I think, 
quarterly. I, I think we, you know, the analysis you have in one month quickly becomes useless. I think know, the Euro team's the shaping month. up well, though. Oh, yeah, it's shaping up well. But by September 27th, we may have a, it may be a different discussion. But yes, it's, it looks 100 times better than it did three months ago, four months ago, which I guess is kind of a point I'm making about the, the folly. All right. Oh, it looks like Pier- Pearson Cutie's wrapping up another Corn Ferry Tour win. Glad he's down say, there. Multiple cooties. Oh, God. We're going head to head. Adrian Dumont de Chassart, T7. Where's he at? Just wow. on fire. Very nice. I was just watching. There's a Corn Ferry Tour ad. And they, they're a commercial. They're trying to promote their players. One of the players in is Shad Tutin, the gas man, has his own commercial. The for gas man. Really? Patrick Rogers, two up on Jens Dantorp and the Barracuda. No way. As we speak. Not two up, but, you know, two ahead in the stable. For- that would be great for him to get his first yeah. win. You know? Would be cool. Yeah. You know. Could make- He's just outside the top 100, I think, right now in the world, but. Yeah, a good pro has yeah. had a long, uh, not a, a strong career. What are you most excited about the rest of the year, other than the Ryder Cup? That's a good question. The Mundi Evian Championship. Um, I mean, it's the Ryder Cup. That's Olympia Fields might be interesting. Um, I think watching JT. Try to figure it out. Three M, yeah, Greensboro, Minnesota. Um, what about you? Definitely the Tour Championship, the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Okay, net cha- I love the Net Championship. Is that that's getting torn up right right, right after right year? after? Is yeah. that right? It's exciting, uh, Andrew Green. Very exciting. <laughs> Good. So one one small thing that could be done to spice up the last event of the year. Yeah, I can't say uh, anything outside the Ryder Cup in men's golf really jumps off the page for me. USAM, you know, that kind of stuff. I am excited about it. Yeah, the USAM is a good one, you know? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. women's open. All right. At, uh, uh, Walton Heath. Yeah, that should be fun. It's going to be right. a visually, aesthetically, aesthetically pleasing golf course. Mm-hmm. All right. What, is this like the long? This has got to be the longest episode we've done in a long time. Well, we've just been kind of hanging. You out. You want to run we've out the clock a little bit more? We could just hang out, and talk, and go. You know, talk about more names on the leaderboard. You know, we haven't really talked about Majestics, Henrik Stenson, Jason you know, Day. Alex we didn't even talk about Jason Day. Well, you didn't need to talk about Jason Day. What's there to say? Nothing. I mean, it was a solid T two. Good for Jason Day. I never felt like he was going to win. I called him the. Uh, you know, you put me on the. Put me on the block, said contender, pretender. I said, I don't think he's going to win. Oh, but he had a good good week, good year, C- continuing a good year. Good up, props to Jason Day. All right. I think that does it for our Open Championship Week. Thank you guys for your continued support of this podcast throughout all the majors. These daily episodes, you know, they're, they're fun to do. It can be grueling at times, but really fun to do. So thank you guys for listening. Um, and we'll be back on Wednesday to talk uh, – Sod Farm, 3M Open Field, things like that. So thanks again.